Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Welcome to the program, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am Joey Clark, if you don't know it already. Joining me tonight, my good friend, Southern, Southern Wood. Wood. I was about uh, to give you the dramatic end. Oh, I, I'm sorry, Joey. Jump the gun. I stepped on you. I'm Jump sorry. the gun. I was going to give you the dramatic announcer voice, like the ring announcer. Okay. All right. Start over again. It's a Joey Clark Radio Hour. Well, only 10 seconds and left. And joining me tonight, Southern Noise. So we got a lot of topics I want to cover tonight. A lot of topics. First off, and this one I found interesting. I found very interesting. Taco Bell is opening a hotel and resort. And I hear that they will have state-of-the-art plumbing. <laughs> now, it really is, though. It's a hotel. The Mexican fast food chain is taking over a Palm Springs, California hotel and resort in its latest move to recognize the brand's super fans. This is what's nuts. In some ways... I want to look down my nose at folks, but I'm not that way. I actually learned to, to be tolerant in a market sense, in a classical liberal sense. And in say, you know what? If that's what floats your boat, if that's what you enjoy, if you want to be a super fan of Taco Bell, go for it, man. Reservations will be open in June. The Bell, is what it's called, will feature a gift shop with exclusive Taco Bell-themed apparel, an on-site salon with Taco Bell-inspired nail art and hairstyling services. Taco Bell's chief brand officer, Marissa Thalberg, said that the idea for a Taco Bell-themed hotel is meant to be a playful, playful and fun, but the brand sincerely intends for it to be... A quote-unquote unparalleled experience. Well, I'm sure that's true. Wow. I, I have one issue with Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have a long-standing history with Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. I remember the very first time I ever walked into a Taco Bell. Yeah. I was in the ninth grade. It was in Selma, Alabama was the first time I ate Taco Bell and the first bite I took I fell in love with Taco Bell. Do you Bell. remember what it was? It was a steak fajita. Yeah. 
I like, and I didn't even know how to order when because when I mean I went in, I was with uh, a friend of mine and their family because my family had never eaten there before. Mm -hmm. There might have been one in Montgomery. I don't even know if we had one in Montgomery at that time, but I was like, yeah, I want a fajita because I mean normally I mean a fajita that'll fill you, and they were like, is that all you want? And I was like. Do I need more? And they're like, yeah, you probably already at least get two or, you know, a bean burrito or something. And so I, I got some other things. But I remember my first bite of that fajita, I was like, the woman, you remember when the Taco Bell burnt down? Mm -hmm. And she's sang the song, Baja Blast. Baja Blast. That's exactly yes. the way I felt when I, I ate. And... And throughout uh, my senior high career, when the ball games were over and everything, we left Hooper Academy, drove to the Southern Bypass to the Taco Bell that was right beside the old Showbiz Pizza, mm -hmm. right there across from the what used to be Montgomery. We talk about all this used to be now. Man, it makes me sound old. But... It, we went there, every, and the girls knew. When I walked in, they knew. I, I didn't even have to place an order. They were like, yep, two bean burritos, Mexi Melt, a Cholito, and a Burrito Supreme. No wow. onion. They knew your order. They knew it. And that is the one beef that I have with Taco Bell, as much as I love them. I love you, Taco Bell. I promise you. However... You must bring back the Cholito. The Cholito? What was the, the Cholito? The Cholito was the most magnificent Mexican, non-Mexican dish ever made. <laughs> the Americanized Mexican. Yeah. It was like chili inside a burrito. Mm. The Cholito. That does sound good. Oh, man. It was... Oh. Well, and there's something it, about Taco Bell, especially what you're describing there, like chili inside of a burrito. Or anything. I like their new breakfast items. I really do like their uh, their AM Crunch Wraps. It's so damn good. Uh, but it's really good when, say, you're hungover or intoxicated. There's something about Taco Bell, and the same is true for Crystal. When you are drunk or whatever, it's so good. That sort of junk food, fast food, I love that crap. Um, but yeah, Taco Bell Hotel, I'm not that big of a fan, but, you know. I'm sure people will have fun. And they apparently you're going to be offering Taco Bell-themed weddings for a fee. Dude, if I could go back to 1996, Wena yeah. and Southern Wood getting married at Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I no. don't know how the, uh, the, the in-laws would have thought about that, but I would so get married at Taco Bell. Oh, wonderful. Okay, this is why I'm so happy to be able to give this news now. Uh, there was news earlier today that actually made my heart sink. Um, not in, like, end-of-the-world way, because in some ways this is uh, the writings of the wall. Uh, but I had just been listening to uh, a wrestling podcast. I'll give him a free plug and shout-out. Oh, dude, don't... Um, the, well, but there's good news. There's a good twist. Okay. Um, I was listening to Grilling JR... Uh, it's a new podcast, the fourth podcast a gentleman named Conrad Thompson has put together. And Conrad is a long, lifelong wrestling fan. And he's an encyclopedia of knowledge, really into the dirt sheets, 
And he started off doing a, a show with Tony Schiavone, Schiavone. Tony Schiavone, you know, you might remember, folks, was the voice of WCW uh, when I was a kid. I, that, I really remember Tony Schiavone. Um, he's up there with me and Gene, for me personally, in my memories of watching wrestling when I was a kid. And that's when it's really magical. You're, you don't care about all the other crap. You're not trying to understand the storylines. and the, No, you're just watching it. You're a kid. And you're, you're falling into it. But he, Conrad Thompson is also doing a podcast with Bruce Pritchard called Something to Wrestle With. And Bruce Pritchard was Vince McMahon's right-hand man for so long. Great storyteller. Does a lot of impersonations and impressions. Great guy. Does another podcast called 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. Talks about all those WCW days. I remember Bischoff quite well. And now he started one up with Jim Ross. And so him and Jim Ross are doing some show this morning, came out this morning, and I'm listening to it, and they're talking about this big event they're putting on in Las Vegas, AEW's Double or Nothing. And by the way, AEW, All Elite Wrestling, it's a new promotion backed by the Khan family, the same family that owns the Jacksonville Jaguars and I believe Fulham uh, football club, the soccer team across the pond. I mean, these are serious guys that have been in professional sports, and they just inked a deal. Their big pay-per-view, Double or Nothing's coming up in May, just a few a weekend or, or two away. But uh, they just inked a deal with TNT for TV rights. So the wrestling wars are back, baby. And in my humble opinion, WWE needs the competition. So they get better, everybody gets better, people have more opportunity, I love it. So this is like when you had the old WCW versus the WWF? Yes, exactly, the Monday Night Wars. Yeah. And so the, I don't know when... AEW's program on TNT will air, but if they put it on Monday night up against Raw, I would love it. Bring back the Monday Night Wars, it'd be a lot of fun. But anyway, Conrad is talking about this big thing before they do the Double or Nothing uh, pay-per-view called StarCast. And it's so cool to see a guy from Alabama just start off as a, he's a mortgage guy. That's how he made his living. Um, put together all these podcasts. He's Eddie Bader became a wrestler. Yeah, and also became an incredible entrepreneur. <laughs> Apparently, he's making money hand over fist with the podcasts he's doing. And then they're great stuff. I, they're some of my favorite stuff to unwind, listen to, learn about wrestling history. It's a lot of fun. But he mentioned there would be a panel, I believe, with Ric Flair and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat talking about their trilogy of matches in the 80s. Legendary matches. If you're a wrestling fan, you know what I speak of. Especially a southern wrestling fan. Those were fantastic matches. Sure. And so the news broke today after I heard all this on Conrad's podcast uh, that Ric Flair in the hospital rushed to the hospital today after suffering a medical emergency saying it's very serious. And there wasn't much about what was going on here. But there's an update. Came in about an hour ago. A statement from Rick's wife, Wendy Barlow. It says she expects the WWE legend Ric Flair to make a full recovery. Due to ongoing health complications, Rick was taken to the hospital and is expected to undergo a procedure tomorrow, after which he expects a full recovery. That is fantastic. Yeah, I had I had seen a blip about that. I, could, I, I didn't read the article and. But he, he just had something like that a La couple... Oh, like last year. Six he, months ago or so. Well, his intestines ruptured, and they put him in a medically induced coma for 11 days. Yeah. But then he made a recovery out of that. He's been looking great. He appeared for his 70th birthday, I believe, on Monday Night Raw. It was a, and He was like in show and in character. It was fantastic. 
Um, so to see that Rick will be all right, will be able to do that panel with Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, uh, that's fantastic news. So, you know, here's to you, Ric Flair. Here's to you. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. Oh, man, that will live on forever. He was the best. So good. So good. Now, he is the best. Excuse me. Not was. He's still with us. He is the best. I have two stories. We're having some fun here, but I have two stories, one that pissed me off and one that I'm certain will piss you off. They quit serving the Chilito at Taco Mm, Bell? No, it has to do with your Sesame Street theory. Oh, good gravy. But before we do that, it looks like we got a phone call. News talk, you're on there. Who's this? Uh, Somebody said he did listen to you. Oh, buddy, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? Oh, I just thought I'd bust this bubble and tell him if you don't get it, then piece of steak, you better look out. Because a few years ago, they didn't find no beef when they did. The USDF did a test on Taco Bell. Y'all remember that? Oh, right. It wasn't actual meat. It was all these additives <laughs> to it. And... Well, I mean, they yes. used soybean burgers and all that crap, brother, back when I was young, and you weren't even thought of. So, But, you know, I mean, another thing, too, I, I just have fun with that. Um, the B-25 that uh, Greg said he was a... What was he, a commemorative general, or what What they said he made him? Uh, a yeah, I'm not certain of the actual rank, but he was part of the commemorative <laughs> Air Force. Well, if he didn't tell you, I'm here to inform you, because I studied aviation because I was in it, in the Navy. Um, the B-25 was the one that Jimmy Doolittle... There's some things you just can't say. And that's one of the things you can't say. Well, but this is live radio, and well, it, we take calls. People and, wonder. They ask me, actually, why doesn't Joey take callers? That's one reason Joey doesn't take callers. You don't I don't mind where his stuff. head was at, but uh, I can't say that. I, I, and I will, I will admit I have Oh, I've had to dump you before. I know. I have fallen into that trap where you're just talking. And yeah. Things yeah, slip out. out. And it, I mean, you're not being that bad. But to his point about Taco Bell. And the fake meat. And their, their meat being like 17% beef. Right. And yeah. It, it, you know what? I don't care. Because <laughs> it's so good. And didn't they change after all that came out, too? I believe they changed their tune. Yeah, I think they came up to like 24% <laughs> beef in their meat. You know what? I still don't care because it is so dead gum good. It is good. It <laughs> it's is magnificent. Good. Here, here's a story that uh, it's sad, and I hope and I think this guy will be successful. But listen to this. A Florida town. Usually it's the Florida man story. We should have a new series of Florida town stories. But it's not just Florida, but it is in this case. A Florida town has attracted national attention for its efforts to find a 69-year-old man, a retiree, nearly $30,000. Whoa. 30 grand? And then foreclose... On his home. 
They want to fine him $30,000, 30 grand, that's right, and then foreclose on his home because he would be unable to pay that $30,000 fine. Why? Because he failed to cut his grass. Now, you might be saying, well, if he was a lazy bum and he just kept it up, you know, to hell with him. But the Tampa Bay Times reports this. The city of Doomden, what a stupid name, claims its code enforcement board, which is run by citizens but backed by government authority, fined homeowner Jim Ficken $500 per a day over code violations and increased fine because he is a repeat offender. Mm-hmm. In 2015, that's when this all starts. Ficking committed his first offense, offense loosely stated, when he left town to take care of his dying mother in South Carolina and left his grass unattended. He committed his second violation last summer when he had to manage her estate and settle affairs after her passing. This time, his grass was left uncut because... Knowing he had to go out of town, it might take a while, he would hire somebody to take care of his grass because he wouldn't want to be fined again. But this time it was left uncut because the man who was assigned to cut it died while Mr. Ficken was away. All right, now, so the the first incident, the very first one was in 2000 and what? 15. 15, and now the second one was in... I'm assuming 18, it said last year. 18, so he's a repeat of... Okay. And both now, times had to do story. I was just both, trying to get the Yeah, and both times had to do with taking care of his dying mother, then his mother died, and he had to go take care of his affairs. Right, so the first two offenses are 3 years apart. Mhm. Okay. Well, Continue. And, and then he had to sign somebody when he's away taking care of his dead mother's affairs, but the guy that he had hired to cut his grass while he was away died. So more fines racked up. Then the report says his lawnmower broke. And he let the grass on his front lawn continue to grow. The board claims they received complaints about the height of the grass, which grew past the 10-inch limit last summer, though his attorneys say they have seen no evidence of the complaints. Ficken says he had no idea, no idea he was racking up the fines until he returned from returned home from South Carolina last August, I'm assuming August 2018. A city inspector walked past his house and notified him he'd soon be receiving, quote, a big bill from the city, at which point he purchased the lawnmower and cut his grass. Two days later, the city inspector confirmed that his lawn was in compliance, but he was still not informed that at that point he owed the city $23,500. The following month, the city fined him for an additional 10 days while he was in South Carolina. Also in September, the city official declared the grass to be in appropriate height. But that time, by that time, though, his bill was up to $29,833.50, and the fines were accruing interest. Last week, the city moved to foreclose on his home over his inability to pay the exorbitant fees, and in return, he filed a lawsuit. He is seeking $1 in nominal damages, attorney's fees, and injunctions that that would relieve him of the fines. 
He's being represented pro bono by the Institute for Justice, a legal advocacy organization. They're citing the Eighth Amendment's excessive fines clause, arguing that a city should not be able to take somebody's house for having tall grass. Hmm. They won a similar legal battle not too long ago. Thames v. Indiana. It's a Supreme Court battle. The justices ruled nine to nothing, all in agreement, unanimous agreement, that the excessive fines clause in the Bill of Rights applies to local and state governments. It's unreal. Unreal. That's... Hmm. But here's the thing. That's, that's a tough story because I can see, yes, me personally, I'm thinking that is excessive. But the I'll, fine I'll, is very right. excessive for the crime. I'm not against the idea of you might have a problem if you let your grass go too long because of covenants probably based in your whether you're leasing or you bought the home. There's things in, you know, you owning a place that you have certain obligations and duties. Fine. Sure. But how I, much money does it cost to cut a, a lawn? Well, and that's where I was going to, because, I mean, you can have an HOA that that monitors you, and if you put, uh, a, look, dude, I work in this, I, I've been through this, you can't have that color front door, you can't have floodlights on the front of your house, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't build that deck without going in front of the HOA. You go into that agreement when you buy that piece of property in yeah. And then now the city is going to have its own codes. Your grass, I think in Montgomery, is four inches. Mm-hmm. If your grass is above four inches, oh, we got a warning. Then you can get uh, a little a year or so, a, a little ago. nasty gram. Oh, a year or so ago, we had just moved into a rental property, and we didn't have a lawnmower yet, so it grew pretty high. It was high before when we moved in. And they put a pretty nasty note out there. Yeah. I mean, you get your nasty gram and you cut it or the city will come out. And I think the city's like, well, I don't know what it is for a yard. I know for like a, a little like quarter acre lot or something, they charge you like 250 bucks. And they hire somebody to go out right. there and, and cut it to make it look nice. And I, I and that also seems excessive. $250? How much does it actually cost if the city has somebody on the payroll that, and I assume they do. I used to work for Parks and Rec during the summer no. in college. How much does it cost to take somebody already on payroll and say, hey, go cut that lawn real quick? Well, they don't. The city doesn't do it. They hire it out. Mm-hmm. And and 250 for uh, an independent contractor, as I used to cut lots and do things, that's 250 is not bad when you've got, uh, you know... Hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment that you're transporting to get right. there, and so. two fifty isn't bad compared to thirty thousand dollars. That's where I'm going. That is ridiculous. Well, and that city in particular, in the last year, went from collecting thirty four grand in fines to over a million dollars. So they know what they're doing. But then on the other side of that, though, Joey is. Cut your damn grass. Well, yes, of course. I mean, that's not that hard. Yes. I mean, you get out there and do it, or you pay some, you know. He's got a pretty good excuse. Go to Home Depot, get you a $100 lawnmower. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless he's got, like, acreage. When he could have hired somebody and thought it through and, more, but he's got a pretty good excuse, And too. just say, hey, dude, 
I'll pay you twenty I bucks. I just got a message from somebody who said the last one I got from the city was three hundred dollars to cut his grass. Okay, three hundred. Right. Well, and and that's been a lot of years since I was right in the but know about this. That. Um, this firm, this nonprofit that's defending this guy, says all over the country, citizens are being fined hundreds of thousands of dollars for minor violations and then threatened with the loss of their property or other serious consequences if they can't pay up. The founders knew that the government would always be tempted to levy outrageous penalties. It is past time for courts to give meaning to the Eighth Amendment's prohibition on excessive fines. Amen. Government's combination of petty tyranny with the money-making racket is not unique to this Florida town. For instance, in Miami Shores, Florida, a couple faced fines for growing vegetables in their front yard. An action mm-hmm. banned by the village. This ban was nullified by state legislation earlier this year. Pagedale, Missouri. Residents were forced to pay fines for offenses such as having mismatched curtains and having a barbecue in front of a house. See, I don't. I that don't... is until this organization did a class action lawsuit against these HOAs and these cities. Well, now, now th- those are two different things, though, Joey. I think, you know, a city to do that, I think you're overreaching. Maybe not necessarily, but a homeowners association, if they say that your, you know, blinds can have to be beige or... G- go to... Uh, Old Cloverdale. Oh, I know, and paint man. your house. Oh, the historical red. association, the historical committee. Will paint your house red and see what in the world happens. Fit. Exactly, yeah. and you'll have to change it. You'll have to repaint your house. So, if you're choosing to live in a specific point, but how how does that differ from if you choose to live in the city of just call all this in Montgomery? Mm-hmm. How does that change if you're well, living in the city of Montgomery and they're providing you protection and they're doing this and they say, hey, look, Joey, we understand. If you want purple curtains because you're a big Prince fan, mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. But you can't live in Montgomery and have purple cur- curtains. You've got to move somewhere else. You can move right out of the city. You, you're well, not then they'll, forced then to they'll live in Montgomery. they'll move the freaking PJ out even further. Don't, and then they'll try to no, annex uh-uh. more of the county. No. Ain't uh uh-uh. uh, I see what you're doing there. You just you just dropped a worm in front of the fish. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not biting that hook. Mm-hmm. I ain't talking about the PJ. But you see what I'm saying? Yes, I mean, I where where do you cut it off? Is it just the homeowners? If you live in Deer Creek, then they can make the rules. Or is it if you live in Montgomery proper? Right, Montgomery proper can make the rules. Well, and here here's my point about this in my perspective generally about these mm-hmm. sorts of things. I think people, especially these days, where you don't necessarily know your neighbor, are way too quick to run to some sort of government or some sort of system to solve problems that could be solved by a freaking conversation and some goodwill and charity amongst men and women. It's asinine. There's got to be more to this story. Because if it wasn't, if, if this was truly, and I'm just, I'm just going from experience and from age and the wisdom that I have, if this was a truly good person that's simply been trying to take care of his dying mother right. 
and and yeah. make sure she's comfortable and couldn't cut his grass that week and then went and buried his mother and couldn't cut his grass that week. If he was a truly good person and was friendly with his neighbors, I bet you one of his neighbors would have said, it's possible. I'll cut your grass for you. It's very possible. And I would want to know unless more he's of got, story. Unless he's got a bunch of buttholes that live around him. And that's also possible. It's, it's very possible. Possible, but less likely but than it, this dude in this house is the butthole. But there is a, it, there's a larger point here, a deeper point, because this can all seem petty. But it's a question that has often come up. How free are we? For instance, if you can, if the government can fine you or a agency the government has given essentially government authority to can fine you and steal your property for engaging in victimless behaviors. Including in some places like, you know, collecting rainwater. If you can have your home foreclosed on if you don't comply, or if the city, which the government can do all the time, and they do, can force you to pay taxes on your property lest they seize it, do you really own it at all? You don't. Interesting. I mean, te- technically, we don't own anything. Because even my house and the property I live on, what happens if I refuse to pay property tax? What do they do? Oh, they take it. No, they they don't. No, the government doesn't take it, but they put it on auction. Right. You pay the taxes, and you've got the deed to the land now. Well, so no, it's a, it's a it's a misnomer that we actually own things because. Anything can be taken from you. See, but that was the story they got. You don't even own the money that you get paid in your paycheck. Right. Because the government takes it and steals part of it out. Land of the free, folks. Land of the free. We got to hit this break. Got to hit this break. We'll come right back with this story that will actually probably get Southern Wood going. I tried dangling that bait with the PJ, but he didn't bite. We'll try something else. Be right back, folks. Joey Clark. News and talk without the static. The River Region's most trusted voice. News Talk 93.1 FM WACV. Hey, folks, Dave Ramsey here, creating a stylish, relaxing. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. I am Joey. And alongside me tonight is Southern Lawn. Nice. Yeah, well, thank you. That wasn't as baritone as I would have liked it. Like, the real so, like, you, you wanted to be like Southern <laughs> so I've tried to piss you off tonight and I have yet to really succeed. I know, see, I told you I was gonna straighten up. But you know what the SATs are, right? 
The SATs, yeah. The SAT test. Yeah, the little college test yeah. or the little test to get in college. Yeah. yeah. I never took the SAT. I took the ACT, but I didn't take the SAT. I took the ACT and the SAT. I prefer the ACT from my own experience. I didn't. I, at that point, I had major senioritis and other problems with life that went undiagnosed, and uh, I just stopped giving a damn. So I took the ACT once, and to toot my own horn, got a 29, so ah, that's good enough. I, if I had, but here's the thing: if I had studied, I could have gotten much higher and gotten a full ride to wherever I wanted. I got so, a 29 on the ACT. If you add both of them together, <laughs> like a 17 and a 19, right? That's I, I did better than you. No, seriously. If I'd studied, it, the stuff that gave me trouble was like the the science, which wasn't like the basic science. Like read this graph, analyze this graph, and gives us the correct answer. And I just hadn't prepared for those types of. Things. So. That's, they they screwed the ACT up uh, my senior year because my junior year to my senior year is when they changed the the format of it and they went from the I think it was a thirty two point system my junior year and it went up to a thirty six mm. my senior year and my senior year when I took it the science which I am. Believe it or not, brilliant when it comes to science. Well, it's part of your job. You do I mean, every that's, day now. That's just what I do. It's applied yeah. science, math, knock it out. You're of the not park. a nuclear physicist, but you're having to deal with practical. The rest of that crap, terrible. But they, the way that they asked the, the science questions right. specifically. It was reading comprehension more than it was science. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't what, even reading. It was like analyze these charts. It wasn't like because on the reading comprehension, that was my highest. If it test. was what is the atomic number of hydrogen? Yeah. Okay. Then I mean I'm all over it. You know, here's an equation a, 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 that you would see in chemistry. It's one, right? I will. Hydrogen's one. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It's been a while since I looked at a periodic table. (laughs) Um, No, but I bring this up because the SAT Carbon 12. You're talking about changes to the ACT. The SAT board has decided to tweak their scoring system. But it doesn't really have much to do with what somebody puts down on the test. Hmm. Before I get to that, I want to tell folks that I'm feeling a little sore right now. But it's because I earned it. Why? Would Joey Clark be sore it. right not now? Sore How would you earn it soreness? It wasn't from a late night. It was no, nothing like that. Uh, it was because I, I wasn't even going there. I was know, trying to lead you into that. Your, can happen, you bunny rabbits out there. Relax, relax. No, I went over to Express Fitness twenty four seven this morning to work out with Alex, and uh, we had a good one in today. Had a real good one in today. I'll probably be back there tomorrow morning. I'm starting to do this almost every day of the week. I'll take one day off here or there, but I'm really enjoying getting into the weight room, setting goals, trying to meet those goals, being humbled (laughs) often at how I lack strength in many ways. So it's a good project. I'm loving it. But it doesn't have to be necessarily weightlifting. Maybe you just want to cut a few pounds using cardio machines, doing some uh, lightweight workouts with, you know, weight machines and that's what they can do there at Express Fitness 24-7. But the most important thing is in the name. It's 24-7. Once you become a member, you have 24-7 access. You're given a key fob, and you can enter the building, any of the locations here in the River Region, for a very low monthly fee, very reasonable fee. 
Now, you're not no, locked you, in. You meant, you meant yearly fee because no. when you sign up with a gym, you have to sign up for a whole year. Nope. I was I was part of Gold's gym, and I know that's that's what you do. You have to sign up for an entire year. Nope. nope. Express Fitness 24-7 is month to month. What? Yeah. It's like Netflix, baby. Except you're actually, you know, not being stuck on the couch. You're getting some work done. And once you pay that month to month, you can try it out. And they'll give you some free initial personal training sessions. So you're like, oh, I feel like a fish out of water and that I can't breathe. And I don't know how to move my body correctly. Which is literally what it's like when you first jump into the gym after having not been there for a while. They will help you out. Ask what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish. We're all in different places in life, different body types. Um, and you can get very specific with these sorts of things. So try out Express Fitness 24-7. Uh, best way to do that is go to expressfitness24.com. That is expressfitness, the number 24.com. Check out what location is best for you, whether it's Millbrook or Prattville, Wetumpka, Montgomery on Zelda Road, right where I'm going, Pine Level or Clanton even. So many options, state-of-the-art equipment. And again, it's month to month, and you have 24-7 access to fit your schedule. I love the place. Check them out and tell them Joey from the radio sent you if you do find yourself at an Express Fitness 24-7. That said, where we left off. Okay. Go ahead, young Joseph. The SAT College Board. Mm-hmm. They plan to assign what they call an adversity score to every student who takes the SAT. This is in order to capture, or at least attempt to capture, a given student's social and economic background. This mm. is jumping into the debate, raging over things like race and class in college admissions. This new number, this adversity score, is calculated using 15 factors, including the crime rate and poverty levels from the student's high school and neighborhood. Students won't be told the scores. Okay, now now hold on. Let's... But colleges and admission officers will see the numbers when reviewing applications. Okay, let's back up a little bit because old Southern Wood over here, I'm a little bit slow. Mm -hmm. I was under the assumption that Tests such as the ACT, the SAT, your you know your your MCATs and and all those, they actually tested your knowledge, what you yeah. actually knew. Right, and they're still going to do and, that. And it and it it places you according to your understanding and ability to grasp certain subject matter. I mean, is that? I'm wondering if I'm fine, if my parents were fined by the government because my dad's a lazy bum and wouldn't cut the grass. Is that adversity? Does that go into my score? <laughs> I would like to know that. <laughs> All they fed me was Taco Bell with the 25% meat. <laughs> they don't even have the Chilita anymore. <laughs> That's what you call a callback, folks. Um, yes, the College Board, though, for the folks who don't know, the College Board is a New York-based nonprofit that is in charge of overseeing the SAT. A dialogue, oh Lord, a dialogue about wealth and privilege in educational institutions exploded this year in the wake of that college admission scandal, you know, with Lori Laughlin. Mm hmm Yeah. And, oh, who's the other woman? I know her from Sports Night. It's Dana. And she was on Desperate Housewives. She's hot. Sarah McLaughlin? No, not Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> 
Not, not, not the sad pets lady. Heck it rhymed. I'm the arms of the <laughs> angels lady. Oh, my God. Why? Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Felicity Huffman um, and so many other people where they are essentially paying people to fudge their child's admission applications and their records. Like, we played sports. My child played sports, but they didn't actually. These sorts of things. Yeah, you know, whatever happened on good old school college corruption where you just grease the skids and you donate a building, you know? Anyway, because of that scandal... Snoop Dogg. Because of that scandal, and, and, and part of that scandal was that children were cheating or had their SAT scores uh, fudged. Manipulated. So, this new adversity score number... Is calculated, again, by assessing 15 factors that can better help admissions officers, because this would never be fudged or manipulated. Especially when the parents and the students can't see the score. But anyway, they'll help the officers determine a student's social and economic background. These factors are first divided into three major categories, with five sub-indicators in the three categories, thus 15 factors. The three categories are neighborhood environment, family environment, and high school environment. And if you break down each of these major categories into their five sub-indicators that are indexed in calculating each student's adversity score, let's see... Hmm. Neighborhood environment will take into account the crime rate, the poverty rate, housing values, and vacancy rate. The family environment will assess what the median income is of where the student's family is from, whether the student is from a single-parent household, the educational level of the parents, and whether English is a second language. High school environment will look at factors such as curriculum rigor, free lunch rate, and AP class opportunities. Together, these factors will calculate an individual's adversity score on a scale of 1 to 100. A score of 50 is considered average. Anything above 50 proves hardship, while anything below 50 is considered privileged. It's quite interesting. The new score will appear alongside a student's SAT score and will be featured in a section labeled the Environmental Context Dashboard. The adversity score's formal name on the dashboard is Overall Disadvantage Level. But it's colloquially being called the adversity score by college admissions officers. All right, so what, is, what's a, what would be a decent SAT score? I really don't know. I really, I know so SAT, long. I mean, ACT, I understand those. Okay, is yeah, it like here it is. 1,500? Uh, it, it's broken into verbal and math sections. There is also an SAT essay section. Uh, the test is a total score of 400 to 1,600, with each math and verbal okay. section being scored 200 to 800. The SAT essay score ranges from two to eight. So the, the so SAT, like yeah. nine to twelve hundred would be a, a yeah, that'd be pretty know, good, pretty good score, pretty good. I mean, that's and actually that's, if I'm remembering my SAT, which I I was miserable at because I didn't study for it, I didn't prepare for it, it was in the twelve hundreds. Maybe um, I made a nineteen on the SAT. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember how to spell my name, Joey. So but, here's what the college board CEO. So had to th- say. they're gonna they're gonna take those numbers though. Say you say 
young Joey mm. goes out, takes the SAT, and you make a 900 on it. And uh, Southern Wood goes out, takes the SAT, makes a 1200. Mm. Okay, so I mean, not not extremely far apart. And then they're, they're going to look at you, and they're going to look at me, and they're going to say, "Well, you know, old old Wood over there, you know, he he lives in a nice house. I mean, his parents are educated, mm-hmm. and, and you know, he's boy, his adversity score is like twenty seven. He hadn't had any adversity in his life. It's a zero. Uh, this guy yeah. was taking craps on a solid gold toilet every morning. Yeah. And but poor Joey, you know, he grew up in old Cloverdale, and and there were gunshots every night, and he went to a crappy high school. He went to public schooling, and and he had to walk and, to school, going uphill both ways. Yeah, so in he the snow got like a ninety on his adversity score, right. and they're going to look at us and say, "Well, yeah, they're the same. Treat them the same. Mm-hmm. Why? Why?" Is my question. When I to guess, hell. You know what, yeah. Joey? Life sucks. Mm-hmm. You may be born into poverty. I'm sorry. I can I, I'm, I'm, I'm not giving to you. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But I'm telling you the truth. You will understand one day, and I say this to my children, mm-hmm. and they laugh at me, but they're starting to get to their age where they understand that daddy knows what he's talking about life freaking sucks you're not gonna get a good hand every time but you know what you do you have to play the freaking hand that you're dealt and you can't use give in to your hatred give in to your anger southern wood don't come with this sesame street crap oh my god We are not all the same, and we do not have... Because all of this us, clearly says that. All of us don't have the same opportunities. And you know what? It does. It does suck. Yeah. I am. I, I, I am more privileged than many out there. Not all. Hmm. Not even most. But many. Mm-hmm. And there are many more privileged that are you. more privileged than yes, I am. Yes, yes. You've got to learn to suck it up. If you suck, stop sucking. Learn how not to suck and get on with life. See, I think we need more teachers and college administrators that uh, have this sort of mentality. Like when somebody gives a stupid answer, instead of coddling them, I think the response needs to be more like what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Hmm. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) That is a hilarious clip, but it is, Joey, it is so freaking true. That's what people need to hear. And believe it or not, believe it or not, that's what children actually want to hear. Yeah. They want to hear it. A little they don't, love. They don't want to be coddled. A little pushback. They want to be told, well, I, I, I didn't get to play tonight. I, the coach doesn't like me. You know what I told my children when they said that? I said, you know why? Because you suck. 
That's so funny to me. If you were better, you would have been playing tonight. Coach just uh, the coach doesn't like me. And too many parents these days say, "You're right, baby. You're so much better than Susie. You should be out there playing." No, my answer, yeah, because you suck. Get better, and you'll be out there playing. Well, and with that, folks, we have to bid you adieu. I hope you have a good night. Southern Wood, thank you for joining me. You almost got me fired up. Yeah, almost. Give in to your hatred. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be back tomorrow, folks. Thanks for listening.